And that's why it was so hard. It took me almost a year to actually make a decision to break it up because we actually had a really comfortable and actually quite a nice life. It was not bad at all. And I gave up all of that safety and not just him. It was also the rest of the life I lived there and me not knowing what else was out there and also being quite a fearful person when I grew up actually and never been taught to kind of think bigger. Mm-hmm. I just had no idea. So I also kept myself small. He kept me small. Right. The rest of my you know, environment kept me small again, without realizing it, without any trying to do me any harm, but it's just how it was. And, but I also kept me small because I didn't know any better until I decided this one thing had to change. And that was the relationship. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Carve Your Own Fucking Path, a podcast made to inspire you to create a life and business on your own terms. You'll hear candid interviews with people who have boldly decided to blaze their own trail and the occasional solo show with me, your host. I'm Willa McDonough, on-camera coach, storyteller, and remote video producer. Five years ago, I moved from my home base of San Francisco to the coast of Portugal, taking a big leap into the unknown. Some called it courageous, I called it carving my own fucking path. Today I live in Lisbon and run a business that elevates your online presence, helping you show up confidently on camera to create videos that showcase your brand and personality so you can get more visibility and attract clients by being yourself. If you're just starting out in business or you've been doing it for a while, you're sure to pick up tidbits of actionable advice and hopefully feel inspired by stories from people who have chosen the unconventional and sometimes messy path. And if you've been waiting for a sign to start carving your own fucking path, this is it. I'm so happy you're here. Okay, let's just roll on this. Let's just roll on this. Welcome to Carve Your Own Fucking Path. Thank you. I have Mirta with me today in person in studio, aka my living room. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining and thank you for sharing your story, your wisdom, your gifts with us today. I know a little bit of, of your story and I'll just preface with you. You live in Lisbon. You've been here a couple of years. You're from Holland. Mm-hmm. Are you from Amsterdam? No, the city in the South. Okay. You're from Holland. Yep. <laughs> and you had a, a corporate career. So, you know, for many years, that corporate grind, you were a consultant and you burned out and you said, fuck it. And changed your life. And now you're in the holistic wellness field as a coach, you're a breathwork teacher, you're yeah. my yoga teacher yeah. and you've completely changed your life. I did a full 180. <laughs> 416, 360? 360. Yeah. Maybe even. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm always inspired by people like you mm-hmm. that have chosen the unconventional path. Can you bring us to the moment that you just, that you decided to carve your own fucking path? So there's two sides of that, like kind of answer. So one part is actually not super like this was this huge big bang in one moment. Like now I know I want to do something else. It, it's been always been like a, a build up. But if, the, if I have to look back, I think where I started to feel like something is off and consciously uh, registered that something was off and that I wanted to change was when I was still in my corporate job and I was not happy. I felt like I had to be super perfect and was a very, a bit of like a competitive environment, Mm -hmm. obviously. And 
we had this like life coaching courses as part of our jobs. And one of the coaches I asked, like, can you help me on an individual basis? And I started working with her. And somehow along the way, she taught me, it was was actually my first experience with like looking inwards and doing some inner work. And this is, I think I was 21, 22, Mm -hmm. something like that. Pretty young. Yeah. And that's what I, that's why I, I think started to reflect on it more and be like, oh shit, this is who I am. This is where I thrive. This is what I'm good at. That's what I'm not good at. So just mm-hmm. that kind of reflective work. And the biggest first decision that I took was to break up my 10 year long relationship. I was with the same guy from my 16, oh uh, my God. 16 years old. And yeah, there's like a huge, like always like this very stand. And it was a great relationship, but we were good together. I loved him. There was a lot of love between us, but I have actually deep down always known like there must be more for me out here mm-hmm. and or out there. <laughs> and yeah. I just had no idea what that was and what it looked like. And I was scared to death. I grew up in a super protected and safe environment with mm. lots of love, but very small and very protected. <laughs> um, and I had to break through that and kind of slowly working with this life coach, being in the corporate world, which was already a bit more out there, like stepping up and doing some bigger things that kind of made me realize like, yeah, there is something more. And I don't know yet what it is, but I feel this freaking big urge to figure it out and to, mm-hmm. to experience it. So breaking up that relationship was the first big step because from there, everything started to roll. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's very 10 years. Were you 26? 26 when we broke up. Okay. Yeah. Living together for most of that time. Uh, half of it. That's half say. of it. Yeah. Okay. And did you have any idea about look you take the leap the jump from the breakup did you have any idea what was coming next oh no no (laughs) like I said I literally this is so funny if you look back now I'm always like looking at myself like oh little girl like I was so (laughs) protected and very small kind of life and me going out into the big corporate world and I was already like whoa what's happening here Mm -hmm. um so kind of what happened after we broke up was, first of all, I moved into my own little apartment. It was the first time in my adult life that I lived on my own, right? Mm-hmm. So I bought all the furniture, all the things. And six months later, I said to my boss, I just want to get out of this country. Can oh, I Can yeah. I please go? And we had offices in different, uh, <coughs> different countries and cities. And Singapore just literally happened first. It was the first opportunity I came by. And I said, yeah. Let's do this. But I'm so scared. I'm such a fearful little, you know, little girl. I've always lived this safe life. Three months, that's all we do. And then I'm coming gonna come back home. And I obviously went and never came back. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know that part of your yeah. story. <laughs> I didn't know you lived in Singapore. Yeah, yeah, I did. Ah, uh, okay. So <clears throat> that uh, it's it's I know this feeling so well. Uh there must be something yeah. more. What is it? And it's like hard to pinpoint. And being in a long-term relationship, what about that relationship wasn't allowing you to live fully? Do you know? Like, first of all, this was completely subconscious. I had no idea that that was happening. And he was a super, super sweet guy. And he would never have stopped me because he chose to. It was just like, we lived a bit of a smaller, simple, easy life. And it was mm-hmm. like mostly within the city where we lived. Um we had all our friends there from both sides and it was very comfortable. Like we lived, and that's why it was so hard. It took me almost a year to actually make the decision to break it up because we actually had a really comfortable and actually quite a nice life. 
-hmm. It was not bad at all. And I gave up all of that safety. It it was not like, I think he just, and and not just him, it was also the, the rest of the life I lived there and me not knowing what else was there out there and also being quite a fearful person when I grew up actually and never been taught to kind of think bigger. Mm-hmm. I just had no idea. So I also kept myself small. He kept me small. Right. The rest of my you know, environment kept me small again, without realizing it without any trying to do me any harm, but it's just how it was. And, but I also kept me small because I didn't know any better until I decided this one thing had to change and that was the relationship mm-hmm. and from there I was just like I think I'm just gonna step fully into every freaking fear that I have like me moving to Singapore even just three four months it was the scariest thing I felt like I've ever <laughs> done I still see myself arriving there like oh my gosh so yeah could you share what were those fears at the time um yes I think it's I'm trying to find the right words it's I think it's just the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Like if you haven't been super adventurous and never done like really crazy stuff or anything, that's how I grew up. Um, it was just really like, it's just like, I have no idea what's going to come. And I have no idea back then. Now, now I do, but I hadn't, didn't have the confidence yet that I would be able to hold the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like yeah. to, right. to deal with the unknown when it arrived in whatever form mm-hmm. and that's what what life's about at, at least you know part of it but that you find a ways to not know you never know what's going to happen but even though we mm-hmm. try to control life and stuff but <clears throat> that you just find a way to to deal with the fact that okay I'm stepping into a new situation and I don't know what's coming mm-hmm. but I trust then I can hold that and that I will be able to deal with it in the moment but me not knowing that I think that that's the biggest uh, step I had to take. And also a big fear around uh, like living abroad, like speaking a different language is not my own, even though my English is good. But back then it's good now because it's, I've spoken English for years now um, as a second language, but you know, different language, different culture, um, living on my own, which I hadn't done for uh, six months, but not nothing more than that. And building a whole new crew of friends. Am I, you know, Am I fun enough? Am I going to fit in? All of that kind of stuff too. That that, yeah, that's all. I think those were so stepping into the unknown and will I be able to create a life for myself uh, where I fit in and where I feel community and safe? Um, yeah, I think those were the, the two big ones. Mm-hmm. Not even about work or anything. I knew I was. Yeah, that was okay, but right because yeah. you had that as a grounding. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> a grounding cord. Let's say exactly. So you moved to Singapore. I'm sure there's a big expat crew. Huge. Yeah. yeah. I met a lot of people here that yeah. used to live there, actually. How long did you stay? Just those few months? No, two and a half years. Okay. Three months in, I said to my boss, I'm not going back home. Okay. <laughs> so you stayed in Singapore for those two and a half? I stayed in Singapore for those two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was really, for me, that's why I'm so grateful for it. And that's how, why, for me, Singapore was like this accelerator of like, it. in, in a few months, I found out fuck I actually am so much braver than I Mm. thought I was um yeah I'm really good on my own which I had never experienced before I can do this on my own I want to do this on my own you know I didn't have that space of um being single even like my whole adult life 
you know, I mean, it sounds really funny, but I kissed a few boys, obviously, before my 16, but that was it. You know, I had a little bit of fun, but nothing too crazy. And like me becoming single um, at 26, that's, I just really was going, yeah, I'm just having fun as well and figuring myself out again. And who am I? And how do I want to live my life? And what's important to me? And what do I want my days to look like? And, and, and I think that's it for me, Singapore, those, uh, those few years were just, such freedom because I also have money like money was obviously a corporate job so it just we earned way too much money and <laughs> we traveled everywhere like I felt so free mm. like it was great so it was very very much like an explore explorative is that how I say it? explorative period of like who am I actually and how do I want to live my life and Singapore gave me a whole lot of answers even though it's not if you look now the, the career I, I chose obviously I stepped away from that corporate and like Singapore is a very it's a fancy city you know it's not like anything spiritual or whatever but still Singapore taught me so much and I'm super grateful for that so so who are you now oh my gosh my <laughs> life question how long do we have again <laughs> I know I don't like it, it, I find it really hard to answer because it's very easy to stuff to go oh so how are you now so I'm the yoga teacher I'm the coach I'm this what I'm trying to be and I'm not 100% there yet. And I don't think I'll ever get there because it's a lifelong journey. But I think I'm just, the path I've chosen is to become who I am and figure out who I am more and more every step along the way. And it's like this, this following this authentic part of me that doesn't always come out, that part of me that's still afraid to not be loved and liked and not be included because I make different choices, you know? I've always seen, you, you may recognize this too, I lost quite a few people over the, over the years who just can't resonate anymore with who I am and what I'm, you know? Yeah. So it's, I think it's like, I don't, I can't put it into words like who I am, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. but it's just like step-by-step step, creating the life that's that's closer to what feels so authentic and so aligned for me. And that's, that's the journey. And that's also what I do in my work now, helping people to do the same, coming closer to, to who they are um, and how they want to live their lives instead of following a path that society kind of has set out for us. Because that's I was on that path, mm-hmm. you know, full on. And many of us are there. And we're very stuck in like, oh, yeah. So if I, you know, if I'm not in this line or in this box, then either society doesn't want me anymore or I'm literally carved out from certain I've had a few times that that, that happened like certain financial benefits or or the friendships family connections things change when you you change so it's sometimes really difficult to step out of these these paths and these these boxes but I yeah I still do feel um that that's actually kind of like um, how to say it I feel like we owe that to ourselves to find it you can find a box but find a box where you really want to fit in <laughs> yes. you know what I mean it's there's nothing yeah. wrong in boxes but as long as you find your box mm-hmm. definitely um, or your lane so yeah well I would say that you're very brave and courageous because coming from your background yeah. and that structure and that culture even and I, I can imagine your family friends could not relate to you and thought yeah. your life is so good. You've had this p- guy that loves yeah. you, this, this whole thing. So now you are putting your face out there a lot. Yeah. So I, you know, I see you online, you're, pu- you know, pushing past that barrier as well and putting yourself there as 
a guide as someone who helps yeah people find yeah <clears throat> their life's path purpose yeah. all of those things and it, it isn't ever it's a it's a journey totally. I, I really don't yeah. believe you get to one place and you're like okay I'm done I'm nope. figured out or I've no there's always something further evolving I think and work mm-hmm. to do but that that's also what it makes exciting makes what what's make what makes it exciting sorry um I think that you're going to keep going with that and you you just figure yourself out along the way like I've had so many moments especially because after Singapore I moved to Bali and living in Bali and then sitting on my scooter and driving through the rice paddies with you know <laughs> wind in my hair and I, I could sometimes like look at the ocean you're like oh my it's so fucking exciting yeah. to do things differently and to step away from like, you know, what life is maybe supposed to look like and the safe way. And yes. Oh my gosh. I've had so many sleepless nights and so many fears and worries and whatnot about it. And I still have those, mm. but I don't let it stop me. Right. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's the thing. That That's the key. And I, I, I wonder if, if you stopped having those thoughts, mm. would you feel like, Oh no. I'm too comfortable again. Yeah. Or I'm, yeah, you know, maybe I'm, I'm settling too much. Yeah. And totally. So in those thoughts though, mm-hmm. what, what's the main theme or what's the fear that's there? Well, if I'm super honest, the, the, the one and only big worry is about money mm. because yeah. first of all, like we grew up in <laughs> not the richest household, but we've never had to worry about money. Mm-hmm. So I've never had the experience of, oh my gosh, how are we going to make ends meet, you know? Um, and then that's that's something I'm for, like eternally grateful for to my parents. And they, you know, they always paid for school and university and stuff. So mm-hmm. super great. Um, and then, so from like, that was one, that was the basis, let's say. Not super rich, but also definitely not poor or having to worry. And then I stepped into a corporate job where I just earned a shit ton of money, <laughs> especially in my Singapore years. Um, that is hard to go. To, yeah, to it's leave. Hard, yeah, but it's and it's hard to leave not because of the number that comes into your bank account, but the the frequency of it and mm-hmm. the safety. I mean, it's relative safety, of course, but yeah. but the safety that it comes every single month. And I have zero examples of entrepreneurs in my close mm. environment, like um, until let's say five years ago. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in a in a family and love my dad to bits but he he taught us a lot about like being very secure and safe and insure yourself for everything and save money and mm-hmm. don't take any like too like risky decisions and in, in, when it comes to money so um I never learned like any of that and and once I started doing it I realized oh my gosh like I have also this 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 fear around I'm never gonna make this this work and so a big limiting belief that I still have and that I'm every single day need to sit myself down and be like you can actually do this you can be I know I'm good at this funny thing is I don't worry about the fact if I'm good at my if if I'm good at my work Mm -hmm. and and what I do and you know teaching yoga and breath work and being a coach and hosting retreats and holding space for people I I very much believe that I I'm good at that but my worry is like running a business is like bloody next level. Like, how am I going to make money from all of that? Like, yeah, it's, I, people always lot. say to me, like, you live, if you worked in the financial services industry, how can you not understand money? I'm like, well, this is super different. And I'm selling myself. I'm also still working yeah. through a lot of like 
things around that eh? like if things mm-hmm. don't work out for whatever reason if i don't sell it gets personal you know it's like oh fuck how am i mm-hmm. yeah um so most of those fears to come back to your question um have to do with money will i be able to create an actual life for myself from this and Right now I am, but it's not the free life yet that I would like to live. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a growth path for sure. And then what's connected, obviously, is like, am I a good entrepreneur? Because that is something different than the work I'm doing. Like being an entrepreneur is, is a job in itself. It is. So th- those are the big fears, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Anything around relationships, moving to a new city, obviously. Uh, yeah. This city is not easy. I mean, most aren't, but meeting people, it's very transient here. Yeah. Does that come up for you at all about leaving? I know that was a while ago, the partner, but that stability. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I. It's funny, like the first few years in Singapore, I didn't really feel worried about uh, romantic relationships because first of all, like I said, I was just, I just wanted to have some fun and I was not interested in anything serious at all for some time. I, one of the things I found out about myself and that was new and was a great insight for me is that I'm actually really good at making connections. I never saw myself as that person. I mm. never realized that's actually something I'm good at, but I'm really good at stepping into a new place and just opening myself up, connecting with people through whatever, you know, network connect, whatever comes up, both like romantically, obviously, but also just in friendships and work connections and, and, and whatnot. So that's one of the things I um, I find out about myself. I'm actually really good at it and I really enjoy it too. I get so much energy from um, walking into a new place and I do prefer to know at least, you know, one or two people that, that I have to submit that obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if I don't, I know that I will be okay. I know that I'm not afraid to literally walk in and be like, hi, my name is Mirza and who are you like what's your story let's let's talk or let's connect so I think that's um I'm very good at um creating those first connections but then I think the challenge um has way more to do with uh first of all creating connections that come go a level deeper so go from the this is very easy to to Mm -hmm. in in an expat community you know to meet people but it's often very superficial like you say people come and go so it's it can get very transient, but to find people that are actually your crew, mm-hmm. that you feel safe yeah. with, you can fully be yourself and um, that you also know, like we're here for each other. Cause when you're an expert, you know that you, you need some people to look out for you um, because you don't have that family or that close group of friends from the old days. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in your close proximity. So, and that I do find difficult sometimes, not because I'm not good at it. I think it's just like, it's hard to find the right people that are actually 100% you know here for you as well like and and for each other and obviously that's reciprocal but um I think that's that's a challenge um and it's the same for on a, on a romantic level like finding and I think I've wondered I don't know what, what your view on the, uh, is on this but I've also wondered sometimes with both friendships and romantic connections like because you was well, for me the first time I was it uh, seven years ago that I stepped into a completely new culture before it was always Dutch friends, mm-hmm. Dutch partners, lovers, you know, and suddenly you get new culture. So you're also trying to figure out, Oh shit, different habits or different, you know, rules around relating, mm-hmm. connecting, whatever. 
figuring all of that out also like uh, being in portugal dating portuguese men is completely different <laughs> <laughs> this is a new podcast now. yeah i think we should do a several podcasts on yeah portuguese men <laughs> but it's uh i mean let's yeah let's let's kind of dive into that a bit because i've been here almost six years and i mean admittedly, admittedly yeah. i i chose not to date l- local men. she says with like the biggest hesitation like, can i say this I online bad. I bad. it's like i remember moving here i thought first of all they're so short <laughs> yeah I mean, that's yeah bring me to, yeah. to holland you know yeah, and so i think there's there's something about connecting with the culture on that level yeah and and i have to say it was kind of the opposite where i was like mm, not really feeling the the culture in that way that mm-hmm. like romantically and dating partly because I think there is that element of very religious, like old school Catholic yeah, um, conservative. Yeah. And and it's a bit separate, but again, the people, the, the Portuguese friends that I have and they're, they're more international. They've lived abroad a lot yeah. of the times so or yeah. they've, and so they, they connect in because, but there is a clear divide here. Yeah, totally. And so, well, I, I just dated a Portuguese guy. This like most of this year, he grew up in another country, but, you know, mm-hmm. he's been here a long time. So I think I, all of that stuff would come up mm-hmm. um, and he's a little bit older than me. So it, I was like, there is a big cultural differences, yeah. even, sec- you know, English as a second language, yeah. that in itself. Yeah. And so I make a lot of jokes about things, but some of it's true. Yeah. And, and I joke as well that I'm, you know, life coach from San Francisco or a yogi from San Francisco that has these progressive ideas or ideals and yeah. exposure to things. And so that can, how can really... you connect with like that? Yeah. It's almost impossible. So yeah. I think that's yeah. some of the jokes is like the, yeah. the, the old school mentality, which I think we, we love this place because of it. Yeah. It's the authenticity and yeah. the charm. It's not overrun yet. Yeah. It's slowly happening. So there, <laughs> those elements are really nice, but also it can also, you know, that it's, yeah, it's difficult true. to yeah. integrate, I guess. I yeah I have a very similar experience I would say okay. it's very funny whenever I'm on tinder and whenever you know one of the apps that I'm always like okay if a guy first of all if his bio is in Portuguese not in English oh sorry left. No. <laughs> not that Next. I don't I don't want to make, it's not that I don't want to make the effort to speak Portuguese and to read Portuguese but yeah. it's just like it just says something about where someone's at mm-hmm. and what they want so that's usually a, um, a big no and and like you say too like I've dated a couple of Portuguese men who had lived abroad spent lots of time abroad several years and have come back like mm-hmm. those are the ones I'm like yeah that often does have some sort of connection but I mean still so far it hasn't really something's <laughs> <laughs> landed yeah no, so you're you're currently dating I'm open to I'm not dating anyone at the moment but I'm open to it mm-hmm. and but ugh, I just go through phases and right now is a bit of a down phase where I'm not super super keen on like not not close to it but i'm not actively looking for it you know what I mean? mm-hmm. so okay so you're not swiping left or right mm, some boring five <laughs> minutes on you know a random night but not <laughs> much honestly not okay. much no not much i prefer yeah. and this is something i like consciously decided as well like once covid was you know over and pandemic gone and we were out again i'm like oh yeah I actually, so, I am so much better to connect with someone when I meet them in person mm-hmm. on a party or like I see obviously so many, even men, even though like women are the, the majority in the yoga class, but I meet quite some guys through the yoga studio and, um, 
you know, things like last Saturday, we had a great birthday party together. So things like that. It's just like, mm-hmm. that's how I want to meet someone. I don't want to meet someone freaking, you know. <laughs> It's so like, I was like, you want to meet someone while you're tripping on mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How amazing would that be? Like, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And yeah. we're lucky. We have a really great community yeah. here. Yeah. It is a village though. So yeah. it's very small. Yeah, exactly. But I think that being in that energy of openness and, mm. and putting yourself out there yeah. again, because exactly. you've already established yourself yeah. as this is where I'm at this is what I can offer and, and yeah. it's funny I just it your name comes up oh I did breath work with her last last weekend and yeah. it was amazing yeah it's so great. I think that and, and hearing that's more there yeah that's, that's foundation is there yeah. so from there and right. that's the thing when it comes to relationships even though it's funny I had a conversation with uh, actually one of my clients I think last week or the week before about her being very sad about like being single and very like oh my god mm-hmm. why is it not happening and I, I fully feel that I f- sometimes feel that too like I've been single for quite some time and I'm in the moment I am also yeah I'm not sure if sad's the right word but like yeah I would love to have someone mm-hmm. but at the same time I have never lost faith that that right person will come and I'm yeah. like I'm actually quite um confident of just like as long as I stay open as long as I show up in life mm-hmm. in every possible way, I just, I feel I can very much trust that the right person will somewhere someday come along. Um, even though that means, yeah, of course I would like to have it now, but I mean, you can't force these things. So right. it's, yeah, of course I'm sad about it sometimes, but at the same time, it's also okay. Like, I feel like I have some things to do as well, maybe before I meet the right one, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe it's just not, my time yet <laughs> yeah what would be on your non-negotiable list for a guy mm-hmm. oh my god how long can my list be <laughs> <laughs> top five no top no five. i'm joking um so there's a few things super important for me one is fun you need to have like banter together mm-hmm. just really want to be able to yeah just yep. If you can't laugh together, like what the yeah. fuck? Like, no. So that's one, that's a really big one. And then another one is that I want someone, you don't have to be in the same path as I am in terms of like, <laughs> don't need another yogi. I'm quite sure I will not end up with a yogi. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's okay. But I do yeah. want somebody who um, is on a path to explore himself and figure out what he wants, do his inner work heal some stuff, knows how to be vulnerable, um, masculinity, femininity, understanding what it means to be a healthy masculine man um, and to support me in my healthy feminine. Um, that's, I think, the two, I mean, and then a bunch of other things, but those are two key ones for me. Like that's, I think that's, yeah, a basis. So huge. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> yeah, you're welcome. Let me plug these in really quick. Um, Is it the wrong one? Oh, oh yeah. They're, they're giving me the signal that they're going to oh. go out of. Battery. Battery. Yeah. Damn it. <clears throat> um, it's funny. I can't hear you through mine. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's fine. You can hear me through yours. Yeah. Okay. So it's like so muffled. Oh, that's fine. Okay. It's all good, though. No, I hear you very sharp. It's almost okay. like it's a different person. Like, speak really? over there. It's very funny. <laughs> like, oh. Um, too obvious not one here so it doesn't matter okay do you want it white thank you 
so many we have so many wires yeah we do have we are thanks for sharing that because i find that people list off much different things and i know there's probably some other attributes physical Mm -hmm. um you didn't well did you say health and wellness no not even you didn't okay that's no but for me that's almost part of it like if someone Mm -hmm. is on a path of um inner work and inner exploration health will come up so it means that someone does start to take better care of themselves and you know wants to eat healthy and i don't mind doing the cooking you know i mean like Mm -hmm. i love to cook so for me that's i wouldn't mind that at all but if someone's gonna ask me to I don't know, I put French fries on a table every night and hamburgers. Like, sorry, we're not going to last long. It's no. just not happening. But I, for me, that, that that kind of aligns already with the fact that someone is stepping up their game in terms of their personal growth. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's part of it. Right. That's so, true. Yeah. You're right. It does go yeah. hand in hand. Yeah. And and I, that's that was a big part of the disconnect um, yeah. in my last situation was, mm. wow, like personal growth is... Yeah. is something that's been a been a thing for yeah. since my early 20s let's say and and then to meet someone that that really has never explored that yeah world is, is fascinating to yeah. me I'm like how have yeah. you been you know but it also just shows culturally not that well. and and never explored is one thing but also maybe have explored before but then at some point being like I'm just going to stop here and stay in my yeah. safe zone. That right. was my last experience. Mm. I feel he might disagree, but mm-hmm. where I felt that like he had some work to do um, and he just didn't want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. similar. A lot of resistance came yeah. up. I don't yeah. And I get it. It's not comfortable, but for me, um, I think what I'm looking for in a relationship very much is that you, because you, you all, we, we both have our shit. I have so much to heal and to solve so for much. myself. But <laughs> so I mean, much. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But there are certain things and I think, Whose podcast was I listening to? <laughs> Maybe Esther Perel, you know, or obviously, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. so I think Esther Perel, and she said something like, there are certain things that we cannot heal without being in relationships. Yes. I'm yes. Like, yeah, that's so, so I want to heal and work on my crap mm-hmm. with this other person, but it, that's a scary thing to do. I think it's a very vulnerable thing to do. And not to say that I find that easy. Yeah? Like, I would mm-hmm. also find it difficult, but I'm open to it and I want to try and create that safe space for us together. But the other person says he wants to help me heal, but then not wants to heal himself. Like that has to be, I don't know. That doesn't. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I've recently met um, someone we know in to get, we mm. know him and he has very distinct red flags in women. He's like, I've just, mm. I've done so much work on myself that I know the signs I know what to look for. And to me, I, I it felt very black and white mm. And I, and I asked, you know, well, what about growing together, learning together? Because yeah. if you just eliminate everyone, if, if the first sign of a flag yeah. or, you know, then where's yeah. room, you know, and, and the perfect perfect yeah. doesn't exist. He said, no, actually, there's certain things that I've learned through my experience that I just wouldn't go there. Even he yeah, said, yeah. like with a woman with, a, with, a, with kids, yeah. I don't, for yeah. me, that's a deal breaker or no go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've also really been clear about if someone has done no work on themselves yeah. it doesn't mean you're not yeah. but it's it's that's a it's just not what you want right yeah like, exactly let's not and, even go there but no and i think <laughs> um <laughs> i think for both of us in the work that we do the issue that i've had with with some previous guys at the moment they haven't done enough work at least in my you know stand, standards let's say mm-hmm. enough work then 
I suddenly start to be the coach for them. And that's like the oh. worst thing you can do in a relationship. Yes. It's just like, it's super unhealthy. And I know that I shouldn't do it, but it, you do it anyways. And they often, and this is my issue, like I often attract men that want to do their work, but are a few steps behind me. And then mm-hmm. with all the respect, that's it's great that they want to do the work, but then they see me as like a way to grow. I'm like, yeah okay i want equality in that sense or i actually really enjoy it if my man is slightly let's say smarter or whatever you want to call it like more educated yeah in, in it's like a level further mm-hmm. yeah because i like it when someone brings me higher and yeah. i think that's also oh yeah masculine family and i think it's okay to kind of be brought up by your man for mm-hmm. me that feels very soft and feminine actually yes so i would love that but i mean i'm so glad you brought that yeah. up too because the I love this like turning into a relationship yeah. <laughs> um, because it's it's very relatable as someone who yeah. has done a lot of inner work and look looking in the mirror and yeah. awareness and and that's the thing is awareness is one thing it's actually implementing it that's yep. important and then but that idea it's all subconscious too like who we attract you course, know and, yeah. and and again that dynamic sounds like you just got out of that and I'm as well of mm. being the one that is the guide yeah. like let me lead you down this path yeah and and once you do then maybe i'll fully accept you and it's that fixing mentality it's, and i yeah, the worst also realized okay this is a reflection of potentially fear around being with someone that is up here yeah. a little bit higher a little bit more advanced yeah. because that would also mean that you have to step up and so this friend that yeah. i was just mentioning that he's done so much work and, and it's not that we're dating, but mm-hmm. it would be that, that yeah. environment where, okay, I'd have to step up a bit and you wouldn't engage in those certain yeah. things that kind of are maybe lower yeah. vibration or but something. That's good. That's it's actually, really good. actually what we want, like, it's or really what, what would be healthy, but it's yeah. like you say, what we attract, um, I, I can understand in certain ways at least why I'm still attracting the wrong man and that's mm-hmm. very confronting to to notice by the way but at least yep. that's i think a step it be is like there's awareness like oh yeah this is the reason why i still have to do some work on me before you know mm-hmm. so yeah i think that's it's okay it's just not always fun no it it isn't and yeah. it's so yeah it's like even looking at something and realizing this is a, pat- a pattern mm-hmm. i've been here before exactly. maybe i mean it could have been many years ago as well and and, yeah, and seeing so. okay i need to heal this part because and, and the masculine feminine yeah. again love this topic because mm-hmm. more and more i think there's conversations around it and it's it's coming away from the idea that it even has to be male and female but yeah. that we embody both and yeah. that really ultimately as a woman mm-hmm. and you have a feminine core yeah that you want the masculine yeah. man and the other thing is the independence like you're an incredibly independent woman yeah who but that's part of my issue. Doesn't need a man, yeah. and that's that's part the thing. The yeah. uh, these days, women don't ultimately. Yeah. I think with children and things, of course, it's you, you can know. if you want to. We can do everything on our own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you said it's part of your problem, what do you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I think that part of the reason, like, and I've seen that happen, um, that I can't seem to at least hold, keep a guy, hold him, is because. They are somewhere, I'm not sure if offended is the right word, but like um, intimidated. That was, sorry, yeah. that's what I was looking for. Intimidated by me because I am very independent and my challenge really is to 
even though right now I am single, I live on my on my own, I take care of myself, I run my own business, you know, all of that, all those masculine things, that's mm-hmm. all masculine. My challenge is to find my feminine in that because as long as I stay in that masculine way of living, I will attract a more feminine men. And right. that's actually not what I want deep down. I want it the other way around. So that's the work I'm doing at the moment on this part too. And I'm not there yet, but it's um, at least something I'm very aware of um, to, yeah, connect more with my feminine, uh, which I know is very much there. And there are definitely moments I can uh, can be with that. And and mostly learning also ways to, and that's why I mean, like me being an entrepreneur has been five, four or five years now, but it, it still feels quite new. So it means I'm, I'm in that masculine way of running my business and I kind of want to go to like a more feminine way of running my business. And that's kind of the, this is a slow transition, but it's kind of the transition I'm trying to make at the moment to be more aware of that. So I can live my life again, more from the feminine. But I think that's something that many single women, especially when they're entrepreneurs working for themselves struggle with. And to be honest, actually not even that. It's just like, we live in a society that is so rewarding of everything masculine, everything rational, mm-hmm. logical, action-focused, doing, going, results, you know, results yeah. solving, fixing, all of that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but the balance with the feminine is gone. So I think because we have learned to live our lives that way, me in a corporate world, like that's how I did it. That's how I was actually in the end very successful in what I did in corporate, uh, my corporate job. Um, because I almost stepped away from that and it was like not I was still like a very feminine woman but like almost in like um you know like a femme fatale kind of way which is actually a masculine way of being a woman Mm -hmm. so you know I knew how to get my shit done by using my feminine side but that's not right Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry I don't mean it by the way (laughs) it sounds right but you know you know what I mean yes there there's some so I just saw an article and, and I'm seeing more and more and having yeah. conversations around the boss bitch. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. And that whole, it's yeah. toxic femininity. Yeah, Ultimately. And, and, yeah. and I, when I heard that, I was like, it is? I thought it was, it was more empowerment. It's yeah, like it's women not. stepping in, but it, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's completely a turnoff yeah, it is. for men. Yeah, it's totally. So I think, I think that's what it is when like your question about like, um, I can't remember what the question was, but that this <laughs> this <either>. independent, <laughs> this idea of why I kind of push men away because I'm sorry, independent. It's because I'm too much often still in my masculine. I think I think a lot of women. I have quite a few single girlfriends around me, uh, same age, and the older we get, the harder it comes because we've been alone for so long, you know, and we've been doing it on our own for so long. So I need, and this is the funny thing, I need a bloody strong man who can handle me. And I so often have that I go on a date and like. You're such a lovely man, but you're not going to be able to hold me. Sorry. And I don't mean that. Like, you know, like a, they're super great guys, but I just need someone who can actually hold me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really, where are they? If you, you're, out there, <laughs> if you're out there, please, <laughs> please uh, message us. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And, and that's where I kind of uh, like the traditional dynamic of mm. the roles, even as a very independent woman, yeah. because there's a lot of things that, that I want to do yeah. uh, that I maybe have done. And I would in the past have waited 
and I'm moving here. I was mm-hmm. like, one day I'm going to move to Europe. That was always my dream mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah, I'm going to move with my husband and my yeah. kid, you know, and yeah. that didn't happen. And so I got some advice. It was like, okay, if you want to do that, what the fuck are you waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> You're not getting any younger. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so I did it. But it's, it's frustrating because you, I, I feel you can't force it. No, you can't. And all you can do is kind of shift and work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I do believe in in the growth that happens in a relationship. Yeah. That you don't need to be healed. It's not like... A, no, you, know, you don't have to be perfect or anything and have all your shit done. But it's... Right. Yeah. So could you... So you're saying you're working on this in your business and in life, working on the feminine. Yeah. What are some things that you're doing that you could that you could share for other women that are in this situation? Because mm-hmm. I sure as hell know a lot <laughs> that are very much in this dynamic. Well, I think it starts, first of all, with awareness. So understanding and seeing where you are way too masculine, you know? So I know, like, when I get busy, just, you know, I'm just lost in my schedule and my... And the problem is, I don't know if you... I think you're probably into it. I don't know if the listeners are, but, like, if you're into human design, and you know, oh, you're in a human design type, but another podcast. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a manifesting generator, so mm-hmm. I am supposed yeah. as well. It's my type, it's my nature. It feels also really good for me to have a lot of different projects going on, to be busy, to have full work days. I, mm-hmm. lo- I love that. It works for me. But once I get too busy um I need to take a step back and mostly because that's that's a challenge then that I get lost sort of in the doing instead of the more strategic part of the business so literally today is actually a good example this morning I was like um actually first of all I'm on my period and I should slow down a little mm. bit then but I obviously didn't do that <laughs> of course <laughs> that's not. listening and I sometimes do it this this week I didn't this month so this this one was was a bad example but I often try to First of all, go a little bit with my cycle, but then also um, once I feel like I'm getting stuck again in, in this like only doing, doing, doing mode to pull myself out and take a, an afternoon off or to uh, last week I went for an afternoon. I went to um, one of the, you know, towards Kashkaish, one of the beaches there and worked there, even though I was still working, but I pulled myself out of my environment, take a step back and like, okay, recalibrating. What am I doing this week? What's important? What's priorities? And today... Um, I woke up because of my period, headache, tired, all of that. And I just booked myself in for a massage by the end of the day. So things like that to, mm-hmm. I need to be very mindful of not getting lost in the doing. Yeah, That's, I guess, one thing. And that's more on a practical basis, I would say. And then on top of that, and that's more like what I also coach and teach on is just the three practices that help me come into my feminine. So that's things like, spending time in nature it's meditating it's um a lot of embodiment practices moving shaking dancing i dance a lot in my living room my kitchen actually (laughs) yeah it's very funny my kitchen has a proper like um stone floor whereas the living room has a very old wooden floor so the moment i start dancing like all the neighbors can join in so i'm like (laughs) i do it on the stone floor in the kitchen um yeah so so dancing and moving and then central movement more central movements are just like whatever but um uh so any kind of embodiment practice even on a busy work day one of the things i really try to almost always do when the weather's good and not so rainy as the last few weeks um Plaza des Flores is where i live in very close proximity and i just take my book out and coffee or tea for half an hour and just sit in the brasa mm-hmm. and i just phew, sit back for a moment so those are kind of little things I do 
um, to take care of myself in that respect. And mostly it's always really just about not getting lost in the doing and always being like, okay, reprioritize, take that mm-hmm. step back, reprioritize what's really important. How do I want to do this? Can I take rest in between? Um, and to be honest, that's one of the, we haven't even talked about this, but I've been super sick last year with long COVID. Oh yeah. It has been a proper full year of, I think my biggest challenge ever. Um, and one of the things I learned actually from that period is that I will never ever schedule my days anymore back to back ever again oh i used to obviously corporate back to back like standard like five days a week you mean five no but five days but also in your day like from nine to ten i'm having this call from 10 to 11 i have that meeting from 11 to 12 i've got that Mm, got it back to back meetings calls work whatever and uh whether it's social or work actually doesn't even matter but one of the things and I, i was still doing that to be very honest until i got COVID. And then one of the lessons that I took from it was like, I never want to do that ever again. Mm-hmm. And for some people that might be very standard already, but for me it wasn't. And for lots of people, it isn't, as I know, to just create space in your day always. First of all, to be spontaneous. Second of all, to to take proper rest and to feel like, oh, maybe I don't want to work for the next hour and I just really need to take a bit of a break. And that's also a more feminine way of approaching mm-hmm. um, business, I think it is yeah is strategy and planning is that more masculine though yep it is and there's nothing again there's nothing wrong with that we need it no we totally need it um but the balance is off and again the balance is off because that's what we learned that's what this society rewards Mm -hmm. to always be in the action mode and getting shit done always you know i hear this a lot from from female friends especially the productivity i didn't do i didn't yeah. get my list done or I have so much to do it's yeah. it's this heaviness mm. and it's a, always around productivity yeah. it's tied to worth yeah or totally. self-worth oh that's a well, yeah. that's a Let's whole other thing that. and, yeah. and that's the thing about I mean it, this is just you know mm. theory but you know as women are our, our productivity is much different yeah. as in we're not necessarily child rearing if we're not which yeah. you know we're not and so it's it's so much pressure that we put on ourselves in yeah. the career yeah. world. I actually spoke to this, I keep bringing him up, this friend, um, that talking about masculine and feminine mm-hmm. energies and the whole thing. And he's like, I could give a shit what a woman does for a living. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much money she makes. I don't care because yeah. that's not what I'm looking for yeah. in a relationship. I do want the yeah. feminine. <clears throat> the independence I think is attractive as well because yeah. Again, it's that the balance, but but ultimately, I hear this from a lot of men as well. They don't give a shit. No, and, <clears> and we're I like they don't, and they, hustling. Yeah, and the reason that they don't give a shit is because it's very biology almost that a man wants to be able to take care of his woman. Yeah, that's his worthiness. Mm-hmm. So if he can't take care of of her, yeah, it's for him. Like, so what's my role in this whole you know thing? Yeah. So I'm, and I know that's been shifting, and I would never want to be dependent on a man anymore, and and. You know, there's a, there's a difference between neediness and dependency versus I'm independent in a, on a business level, for example, but I really, really love it when you step up for me and hold that space. So, and that's, I think, what I'm looking for. I think a lot of the pressure for me on the business side would go away. Not that I would do things differently or do work less or anything, but it would, it would take the 
the the sharp edges of if that mm-hmm. makes sense if there's a man who's like i would love to hold you as yes. well in 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 life yeah. that i think that's the difference it is i, so, I totally yeah. agree because you just i mean answer my next question is you, you would do things the same you wouldn't yeah. give up your business yeah. you wouldn't it's you enjoy it it's like yeah. Part it's, of your identity. It feels identity. like my my purpose, and mm-hmm. um, I think I would only get. Funny enough, I think it would only get better at it. Yeah. Because then yeah. I start to do it way more for my feminine. So that's that's my lesson. That's my a big part of my path at the moment that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. So you'll you'll grow everything, or how to say, like every step on the way. You come across different challenges, and for me, I've already like the fact that I stepped out of my comfort zone. I stepped out of this supposedly perfect life you know mm-hmm. that ticked all the boxes um stepped away from safety uh, out of that stockness of like oh is this really it but i don't know what else to do i don't know how what my other options are i've, I've already stepped away from that and that's what i help other people do now but um yeah i think this is this is what i'm working on for now for the next bit mm-hmm. so do you feel like you could recognize him <laughs> I think so. It's a good point. I think so, but you you know what might happen. <laughs> I think I don't know how you feel about that, but I also do believe that some because I ha- I have been single for like I've been seeing a couple guys, but mm-hmm. I've been properly officially single for quite some time. I think if something would really happen right now, I'd be like, "Whoa! Whoa, what are we doing here? You want to be part of my life? I don't think I have time for you." <laughs> No space. Yeah. No space. I'm too busy. I'm too right. busy. Exactly. So I, I'm curious to actually, I'm very excited for myself to see how I respond when a really good one comes along and how I, how I react to that. I have wow. no idea, to be honest. I hope I'm open <laughs> enough. And I hope he's like patient enough and like, you know, stubborn enough to be like, no, 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 no. Come in, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I might be freaked out about that too. Cause it, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's the it's the trust um and i know that it being alone for a long time Mm. or single for a long time there is it is a big deal to let someone in and let's say you have and then things didn't work out then it's like the wall gets a bit bigger i guess and and i guess that's the test in a way yeah it's like okay the the people come in in your life into your life for a reason if Mm. you believe all that and and of course you know it's it's based on subconsciously attracting in but um ultimately it sounds like you want to soften yeah and i do and then that would amplify yeah the work that you're doing yeah i think so with other people and up to this point Mm -hmm. what are you most proud of I think, I think actually that first step, because if I hadn't taken that first step of breaking up my relationship, which is honestly the most difficult thing I've ever done, because I'd given up all the safety that I felt in that moment. Um, I think if I hadn't done that, then the rest would not have, because the rest was a consequence. So I think I'm proud is that even though I felt sick in my start, it's very funny actually, is it maybe a nice anecdote to share that in that period, because I took almost a year to break up with him, in that six months or whatever, just before it, I had this super weird <clears throat> injury on my ankle. Hmm. Not broken, not sprained, nothing, no muscle, everything was fine. I had all the photos taken, x-rays, I don't know what not. 
nothing was wrong but I couldn't walk on it mm. and I felt Ooh, like I understand what that's about yeah, yeah exactly I had no idea about all this wow. at that moment so okay. right now I look back I'm like this was such a sign I had no idea how to read it but um that's a good thing now that the moment we broke up six months later uh three days later I was walking as if nothing Ooh, had happened I just got the chills. yeah I know it's like yeah whoa so that's, that's and this is that's what it is like it, it's one of the reasons why I do what I do that I've realized through different examples this is one example another example is you know I've had some skin problems and mm-hmm. and stuff like that and other health problems and I I still have some but I can always now pinpoint them back to actually doesn't mean that every physical health problem yeah. is of course mental health, but a lot of it is and yeah. If you're able to bring that back to like, okay, so what I actually need to focus on is not going to the doctor and spend more money on physiotherapists or whatever, yeah. but instead do my freaking inner work, sit myself down, take rest, go for walks, whatever you need to do, yeah. but work on, work on your heart and work on your, what's happening, happening in your head. Cause that's, that's in the end often, not always, but often the key. Mm-hmm. So that's also again, what I do. Uh, with my clients mostly to embodiment come back in your body feel the signs observe yeah and from there you start taking different decisions in your life it's so true I'm glad you brought that up because it's not something that a lot of people experienced yeah they've had chronic pain yeah I, and I know I've had had chronic back pain yeah excruciating years and years it was like debilitating yeah, in my crazy. life and I read a book called healing back pain the mind-body connection I now give this book out to, to many people yeah. and it it's all about the emotional yeah, side of things. Thing. Read the book, two chapters, I never had pain again. And I mean, mm. it was years mm. and I was so health, I mean, conscious and yoga all the time, all the things, but I didn't consider the emotional side. And since then people yeah. have stories, but I think it's, it, well, what was it? Can I ask? What was the emotional side of it? The lower back is always in my sacrum. Mm-hmm. Um, is it's financial mm. groundedness yeah, security yeah. and and I was in a long-term relationship as well during that time and mm. also wanting to mm. step out didn't know so scared yeah, you it. know yeah. and so I think it was a a manifestation of that mm. stuckness and yeah. fear so of how will I do it on my own it's so <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay. and yeah. yeah and people that know me from from a long time yeah. I mean it was like I couldn't walk for months. Mm. I mean, it was really this, it's all, it's adult, it's another life, you know, yeah. thinking back on it. And so whenever someone has like, oh, I have shoulder pain, chronic, I'm like, you mm. got the weight of the world on your yeah, shoulders. Exactly. Yeah. Let's look into that or your yeah. knee. Yeah. And when our bodies are always, always yeah. telling us, yeah. you know, signs, exactly. um, you had mentioned skin problems. So that was something, was that also manifested? manifesting yep. around that time no that was uh um although actually it's funny because i've had two periods of really bad eczema the first period was actually maybe around that time now i'm thinking about it funny enough that was on my hands terrible oh. terrible eczema so bad that i was wearing these like cotton gloves over my hands mm. so i could sit still behind my computer and work in the office i felt like santa claus you know it was oh absolutely God. terrible um but the, the the more the one that stuck is stuck more in my memory is the time in bali Funny enough, even though Bali seems like, you know, paradise and fantastic and amazing, it was the first year that I um, had quit my corporate job. So I'd given up part number two of my safety and my security after relationship, then the job, the money that came with it and didn't come in anymore. 
who am I? What am I doing? Am I going to be a yoga teacher? And you know, how is that all going to work? So I think, and even though Bali is an amazing place to live and it's, I still carry it around my, my neck. Bali is, has taught me a lot, a lot, a lot of things. Um, and it's been great, but it's also for me, at least a very non grounding, non safe environment because no, a few reasons, but mostly visa situation, oh. corruption. Oh, okay. It's never, never so felt hundred percent safe. Um, uh, and again, transient and yeah, no, yeah, there's a story in itself, but that's okay. But, um, I think somewhere subconsciously Bali was actually not right for me because mm. I had terrible eczema on my feet covered open wounds got infected you always work walk barefoot there all the time so and there's so much dirt and oh my gosh i've had the worst infections on my feet because it's disgusting and then i left bali guess what happened oh that is <laughs> that is wild I mean, it's and it's, it's so not strange because I but... absolutely love Bali and had mm. such a good life there to a certain extent and in certain ways. But apparently, there was some stuff missing, and there was a misalignment of certain things. And yeah, I can better understand now why Bali wasn't good for me. Um, yeah, the moment I left, it was. I still am sensitive to certain things, so I know if I eat certain things, that I still get a little bit, but never ever as much as I used to. So. Yeah, mm. <laughs> that's another one. Another <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 it's yeah. There's just there's no there's no mistaking. No, the connection. No, there's no mistaking. Okay, so you did mention a few of the things that you're that you're working on and looking towards. Yeah. What are you ultimately looking forward to the most right now? It, in, in what way do you mean, sorry? All things. In life, you could I mean work and in general. What I look forward the most. Mm -hmm. Forward to. Uh, forward to. Um, I think, so actually, if I would take away those fears that are still somewhere in the back of my head and, you know, some of the worries about entrepreneurship and will I be able to create a life for myself financially and sustain myself financially in the way that I want to, um, if that would be out of the way, I'm actually very content with life. I'm so excited still every day to feel like I get to do things I want. I love the fact that my days are very diverse, you know, so I wake up, I go teach two yoga classes, then I have a one-on-one -on -one session, then I have some laptop work or whatever I'm doing, finances or marketing, uh, social media writing or, you know, stuff like that. I have another session late in the afternoon and, you know, or sometimes I go for lunch in the middle of the day with a friend or have coffees or I take a half a day off. Like I'm so free to live my life the way I want to. Um, and that in itself is just, that's how I wanted it. So that's what I'm looking forward to that I, um, I think I can, I can trust myself enough that I will make it work. You know, I'm making it work right now, but it's just a little bit too, it, it can be way more expensive and abundant than it is right now. Um, so that's a big part. And I think back to masculine and feminine, I think, and I can see if I would step more into that feminine, I think that abundance will come with it. Uh, yeah, but that's that's my path right now. So I'm looking forward to just instead of just yeah, hustling and working so hard to make it all work, to actually just really like oh my, actually enjoying it because mm -hmm. I'm actually 
on paper, like it sounds weird, but maybe like on paper, my life is pretty, it's not perfect, but it's very close to things I've wanted. And I will want new different things over the course of years because that's how we evolve and grow. But um, the basis, I'm, I'm, a lot of it is very okay. I just want to enjoy it more in the moment, I think. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing. Hmm. How can people find you? You can and- find me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So my name is, I think you put that somewhere in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put it It's Meerte underscore rooted lifestyle. So please follow me on Instagram. I'm quite active there. And I really just share, first of all, a lot about myself, my personal stories. And I post a lot about all the things I have gone through and, and all of that. And also the events that are upcoming and the things I offer and masterclasses. Because whatever I do, it, it, it's all connected to the same thing or all sort of aimed at the same thing. It's really helping people connect with their bodies, connect with themselves. Who am I? What do I want? And then get unstuck from that situation or whether that's a relationship or a job or Mm -hmm. whatever life situation you're in where you feel like I'm stuck and everything is a bit like, yeah, everything's fine, but it's a bit like, yeah, you know, like just a bit mediocre and helping people to get out of that place, trusting that they will be able to deal with the unknown. It's very much helping people on the same path as I've taken and giving them the practices, the tools and support to, um, to do that. And that, includes creating a healthy lifestyle because it's just taking care of yourself your physical and your mental health which which is the basis in my opinion for um uh for finding that that connection with yourself again so um that means that i i offer a bunch of different things i teach yoga i teach breath work which is a super powerful uh, healing modality but i also uh as a life coach i have obviously one-on-one um uh, programs but also group things happening master classes things like that retreats a bit of corporate well-being because mm. i did step back into the corporate world but with a different yes. add on that's which is so great smart. yeah it's really nice every now and then Good i money. do that yeah that too yeah <laughs> that's for sure um so you can find me on instagram and see all the things that i offer or my website uh, rooted-lifestyle.com and great yeah you can find all about it do you work with men too yeah, I do. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just Open curious. to it, although like maybe obvious, but more women find mm-hmm. me and connect with me. But right now I have a, a really great actually Portuguese man that I'm working with mm. as well. So um, I have um, male clients um, every now and then. Mm-hmm. So I'm super open to it. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This was so fun. Yes. Same for sure. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming into my living room. Yes. <laughs> sharing your story. So nice. On the sofa, as if we're, you know, it's just you and me. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. We have so many yeah. similarities too. Yeah, exactly. So it's um yeah. it's refreshing mm. and I think really supporting each other too mm. in this yeah. kind of different journey. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I would say and this is a great city. It is hundred percent. I think uh, Lisbon offers so much in terms of like health, well-being, growth, people just figuring themselves out and the support in the community that, you know, that comes with that. So right. yeah. well, we are at capacity. So please stop. <laughs> Stay away. Here. Especially <laughs> the Americans, they need to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do Coming in. That. Yeah. No. Thank you so much. Thank really you. appreciate too. you. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being here. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a big difference for visibility. And even better, share this episode with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode every other Wednesday. 
If you're interested in working together to elevate your online presence, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at whereiswillow. I also hang out on LinkedIn, Willow McDonough. Until then, cheers to carving your own fucking path. I love you.